Hello and welcome to episode 96 of Onion Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Torridon. In this episode, I talk about birthdays. I answer some more of your YouTube comments. And I ask, is this music too bloody loud? Sugar High, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name wrong, says, uh, good grief, this intro music for every video is deafening. Hmm, that sugar is in the hope it will wake some people up. No, not really. It's just at that level because I think it's appropriate. But is it? Is it too loud? Is my intro music too loud or has Sugar just got sensitive ears? Can you let me know? Should I turn the intro music down? Let me know in the comments. Well, folks, it was my birthday yesterday. Yep, 53 years old. And of course, as a Jehovah's Witness, I never celebrated birthdays. In fact, everyone I ever knew was a Jehovah's Witness. So... I never even received a birthday card or birthday wishes for that matter. This year, though, first time ever, I received some birthday wishes from uh, a few close friends, mostly ex-JWs, and and even some presents. My girlfriend, Mariella, sent me a book of Beatles songs, you know, with the uh, music and the lyrics and the guitar chords. So I shall be dusting my guitar off and trying a few of those. It's actually, it's been ages since I played my guitar. Uh, I must get back to that. My uh, my old mate, Matthew, who I've known for uh, pretty much all of my life, ever since I was seven years old, uh, Matthew treated me to a curry. <laughs> Thank you, Math. And uh, I've had a few people from my past wish me happy birthday too. And I got a voicemail. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dan. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> that, that was nice to wake up to this morning. Um, my friend in the uh, voicemail went on to say that singing happy birthday still feels very naughty. Uh, indeed, it does. I think we were conditioned, weren't we, to not celebrate birthdays or sing happy birthday or anything like that, because uh, as witnesses, we believed that birthdays were of pagan origin. So I thought I'd just spend a few moments looking at how birthdays actually came about. It would appear that uh, the earliest mention of birthdays ever was around about 3000 BC, and it was in the Bible, and it was uh, a reference to Pharaoh's birthday. But here's an interesting thing that I found out. Apparently, it may not have actually been Pharaoh's actual birthday. It might have actually been a celebration of his birth as a god. You see, when uh, Egyptian pharaohs were crowned in ancient Egypt, they were considered to have actually transformed into gods. So this was a point in their life that was much more important than even their physical birth. So that may have been what was going on at the time. Moving on to the Greeks, uh, 
of course, they were pagan, weren't they? They uh, actually believed that every person had a spirit that was present on the day of his or her birth. I don't know, something like a, a guardian angel, something like that. Um, this was a spirit that kept watch over the person and had a mystical relationship with the person. So there was a lot going on there with the Greeks in terms of um, mysticism and spirits. Um, the gods and the goddesses were, of course, a huge part of the Greek culture. And the Greeks used to offer all kinds of sacrifices to appease the gods. There was one goddess uh, called Artemis. And as a tribute to Artemis, the Greeks used to offer moon-shaped cakes with lit candles to recreate the glowing radiance of the moon. <laughs> and uh, Artemis's uh, perceived beauty. Um, the, the candles, of course, remind us of uh, birthday cakes today with candles. Do you know I've never had a birthday cake or indeed any cake with a candle on, uh, for that matter. Uh, the candles on Artemis's um, cake apparently were blown out, uh, which was the way that they sent messages to their gods, I suppose, like uh, <laughs> smoke signals. I don't know. Uh, then we have the Romans moving on. It would appear that the Romans were the first people that started celebrating the birth of non-gods, just yet average Joe. Um, regular Roman citizens used to celebrate the birthday of their friends and their family members. And any Roman turning 50 years old would get a special cake baked with wheat flour, olive oil, grated cheese, yum yum, and uh, honey. But uh, only men, apparently female birthdays, were not celebrated until about the 12th century. So what was the Christian view? In uh, Christianity, of course, it is believed that people are sinful, even born with original sin, depending on the Christian denomination that you belong to. And uh, that idea tied with the pagan gods led the first Christians to think of birthdays as a celebration of evil. Ooh. Uh, that lasted for the first few hundred years, apparently, of the, uh, the existence of the Christian church. And it wasn't until around the fourth century that Christians actually started to celebrate birthdays, starting with the birth of uh, Jesus, also known as Christmas. Celebrating the birth of Jesus was partly to get people on board that already celebrated Saturnalia, the uh, the Roman holiday, of course. Now, I'm almost certain that I read in the elders book that judicial action would usually not be taken against someone who celebrated their birthday. I know years and years ago, if you celebrated a birthday, that was like really bad and uh, you could end up getting disfellowshipped over that. But in the more recent elders books, I, I can't find it, but I was almost certain that they changed their stance on that. And that as long as you weren't going around promoting the practice of birthdays in the congregation, the elders would pretty much turn a blind eye to someone that celebrated their birthday. They have eased up on things like gambling. I mean, gambling at one point, if you, if you bought a lottery ticket, you were probably going to end up in a judicial 
hearing, but uh, even that now is downplayed a bit. Uh, apparently, petty gambling, which is, I, I, I would say that uh, lottery tickets, you know, pound a week or whatever, is pretty petty. That's just not acted upon now. And I was certain that that was the case with birthdays. But if you know that one, uh, please leave me a comment. Actually, I knew a sister in the organisation who actually left the organisation. She disassociated, I believe, in order to play the lottery. Um, she <laughs> she actually went to the Sun newspaper, if I can remember rightly. This this is many, many years back, like 20, 25, 30 years ago. She went to the Sun newspaper and uh, gave her story of leaving Jehovah's Witnesses in order to in order to play the lottery. And the Sun produced a massive uh, article on this with her spread across two pages in the, in the centre of the newspaper. And she, she actually posted copies of that newspaper through brothers and sisters' doors just to let them know why she'd actually left the organisation. Even my ex-wife wished me a happy birthday this year. That was a surprise. Um, nice to know she's doing okay. She's uh, in a new relationship, as indeed I am, and uh, she's trying to move forward after all the uh, bad blood that's gone under the bridge. It's not easy. Um, she commented to me on how our children, and we had four together, are basically lost to her, as indeed they are to me at this moment in time. Even though two of them are no longer Jehovah's Witnesses, um, they're disassociated, but they're not talking to us. The problem is, and I get it, the two that disassociated, we we shunned them, and that that was a terrible mistake. And of course, the two that are still witnesses, they they now shun us. It's such a crazy situation. I, I just wish, I just wish that the two oldest. The, uh, the ones that disassociated could find it in their heart to forgive us, particularly me as the so-called head of the uh, the family at the time for the way that we treated them. You know, if we'd never been in a cult, we would have probably done things differently. Well, we would. We would have definitely done things differently. Uh, we would have raised our children differently. We would have treated them differently. Uh, shunning would have never never been an issue. All we can do, I believe, at this point in, in time is to change our attitude towards things be forgiving let go find some peace if we can and move forward and i just hope that at some point in the future our kids and others that i've known you know even my dad will see things differently and reach out to us in the meantime i've had a comment coming from never ending fire on my podcast about the alleged q jumpers Holly and Phil. Fire says, uh, regarding the question about queue jumping and whether the two presenters should be sacked for their alleged queue jumping, I think too many people feel it's their right to inflict their own personal justice on somebody. As you said, Daniel, it's uh, way out of proportion to normal justice, in inverted commas. If queue jumping equals losing your job, what's next? Maybe we should start bringing in a law that says if you drop a cigarette butt on the floor, you should have your fingers cut off. It's all disproportionate. Yes, they've suffered enough from the backlash and potential loss of viewers. But the other question is, if they were really jumping the queue, then why shouldn't the person of authority that was leading them through that route lose their job too? What about all the other people that didn't queue up? Should they lose their jobs? Never Ending Fire then quotes an article from Sky, uh, Sky News, that shows that MPs were actually allowed to skip the queue, so to speak, and uh, 
even bring up to four people with them. That was the same with uh, the journalists. So what happens about all those people? Do they lose their jobs as well? I personally don't think it's about justice anymore. It's uh, it's just tabloid news, isn't it? People uh, like the uh, like the gossip, and there are some very small-minded people in the world who just like to focus on the downfall of others. And certain newspapers, if you can call them newspapers, provide that as a service for people. They're basically like a dog with a bone. It reminds me of a quote, actually. Great people talk about ideas, average people talk about things, and small people talk about other people. Talking about ideas, Meg, aka Woke to Intel of JWs, sent me a request. She says, I have one for you. Can you do a video of the things that are invisible? For example, 1914, Jesus arriving to rule over the earth. Things that JWs believe without evidence. Great idea, Meg. Yes, I shall do that. I have actually touched on this in some very old podcasts, but I think that's a great suggestion. Actually, uh, if you, my listeners, have any other ideas for podcasts, any things you'd like to hear me waffle about for half an hour or so, let me know in the comments. Well, that's all from me this morning. Thank you for joining me again. Pop back again soon. Bye for now.